Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hi everyone, this is Matt and Katie. We are excited to introduce this episode. It was actually the first episode that we ever recorded. So the quality and content are a little bit under hopefully what future episodes are. Yeah, definitely. I was very nervous to record this first episode. I think we both probably were. So hopefully the episodes that you've been listening to are maybe more recent. We're a little more skilled and we've practiced a little bit more, but we still think this episode will be really great. I think we had like our three month old, honestly, in the the baby swing in the background. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but we were just excited to get going and get this first episode under our belts. In this episode, we share about our personal stories of hope and healing through addiction and support. Yeah, we kind of both share what our different perspectives were and what was going on with us as a couple. So hopefully that can be helpful for you and hopefully you'll be able to get to know us a little bit better as well. We've just been talking about how we feel like so many people, especially in the church, struggle with pornography addiction in their marriage, and a lot of people are struggling in silence, and a lot of people feel isolated. So we're really hoping that this podcast will help you feel more normal if this is something that you're struggling with, and hopefully help you feel more hope about the situation and feel like you can have a very healthy and great relationship, even if this is something that is hard for you. So many people struggle with this and so many people want to talk about it and they also want information about it. And we want to create a platform here where we can share information, share stories, share experiences and have discussions to normalize and make this something that people can receive healing from and um, receive hope for. Yeah, we might be talking about it in maybe a unique way that you might not always hear from people. We're very open about our struggles and a lot of the people on this podcasts also are very open about their struggles with their addiction or helping their spouse in addiction. And we just really love that. We love that we can talk about it with so much compassion and understanding. We hope that the rest of you will be able to feel that from us and maybe see pornography addiction in a new way. We really hope that you enjoy this episode and we look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to be here with you today. We are still very new to this podcasting, so it might be a little bit cringy at the beginning, but stick with us. We'll hopefully get better as time goes on. But we are really excited about our message and feel like it's really important. So we are happy to share this with you, and we hope that you enjoy it. But we first just wanted to talk to you a little bit about ourselves so you can understand who we are and a little bit of background about us, so maybe you can connect with us a little bit more. Yeah. So I'll just say a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Utah. I love the outdoors here. It's a perfect state to be in for for outdoors. Jeeps have been a big part of my life, and I spent a lot of time uh, around Utah, and in particular in Moab. I also enjoy hiking, camping, and snowmobiling. 
Uh, I love watching and playing sports, and I did gymnastics for a few years, so pretty good at those kind of backflips and different things. I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship, and I'm working on a few businesses right now. I also serve my mission in Armenia, which is just a little country on the edge of Europe in the Middle East. I got my master's and bachelor's degrees from BYU, both in accounting, so I'm an accounting nerd. And yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Katie, do you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah. So I was also born and raised in Utah. I'm the oldest of nine kids, so I kind of have the classic oldest personality, you could say, being kind of determined, maybe getting my way and getting a lot of attention. Our oldest boy right now is also that way, and everyone jokes that he's so much like me when I was little. So that's kind of cute. I also served my mission in Armenia. That's where Matt and I actually met. And I came home from my mission, went to BYU and got my bachelor's degree in family life. I love baking and sewing. I love crafts. And I also play the piano. I especially love baking breads and sweets and any kind of dessert. So those are some of my favorite things. And I am also a birth doula. For those of you who don't know what a doula is, I work with pregnant women during their pregnancy to help them prepare for labor and delivery. And I'm also there with them during their labor and delivery. I really just help and support them to hopefully have the best birth experience that they can have. So I love working with women. I love everything about pregnancy and birth. So if you are a birth nerd, please let me know. I would love to talk to you about all things birth. And yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Like I said, Matt and I met while we were on our mission. I had been serving in Armenia for about six months, and he came into the mission. And he was just a little baby, 18-year-old boy, just out of high school, super cute. We actually served in the same area for about six months. Our mission is really small. There aren't that many missionaries there, so the transfers were about every three months or so. And so we served for six months together, and that was super fun. We were really good missionaries, though. Um, Matt always likes to make the classic missionary dating jokes, though. Like, we only dated on P-Days, but that was not true. We did not just date on P-Days. true. It is not true. We were very good missionaries. We had a lot of fun together. I came home about a year before he got home, and we actually wrote each other for that year just over email, and it was we, pretty casual. It was very casual. We didn't confess our love or anything. It was we were just friends, so yep. it was nice to get to know each other over email. And then he came home, and we started dating really quickly after he got home. Yeah, I got home, and uh, we started dating pretty quickly. And we dated for about two months, got engaged, and then we got married two months later. So everything was pretty fast. And then we got married over the winter break between semesters at BYU. 2016, just uh, just over four years ago. Yesterday was our anniversary. And we have two kids right now. Ellison is our oldest. He's about 20 months. And our youngest is named Ezra. He was born at home about two months ago. And it was a wonderful experience. Ellison is kind of in the classic toddler stages right now, just kind of getting into everything. Yep. He's very busy Just, like, running around, being kind of crazy. Hitting his brother. (laughs) Hitting his brother. Throwing his food. (laughs) He's kind of testing us right now, but he is so fun. We love him so much, and we have so much fun with him. And Ezra's just so sweet. He's in the phase of 
starting to smile and being like really interactive with us. So we just loved spending time with our two boys lately. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about us so that you can kind of have some background and some context of who we are and why we're doing what we're doing. But let's dive in just for a little bit and talk about my addiction and our addiction recovery story in terms of Katie being my support person, my spouse, and me being the addicts. I think we'll share more about this in future episodes, get more into like the details. But so that you know, I have been struggling with an addiction to pornography and other lustful behaviors since I was really pretty young. Um, from the time when I was 11 or 12, I, I've struggled with it. And when I started dating Katie, um, it was after my mission, and I told her a little bit about how before my mission I had struggled with pornography, but I had cleaned up and worked with my bishop and gotten everything under control and prepared and ready for my mission, and that I was currently staying away from pornography um, while we were dating. But soon after we got engaged, I slipped back into my addiction. And it was pretty soon after my mission, like I kind of mentioned, it was just a few months after my mission. And I think that's pretty common for people. But slowly I started kind of seeking out pornography and other lustful behaviors. And I was completely silent about everything. And I did not tell anything to Katie, didn't share with her my struggles or tell her anything that was going on. And I was, I was having pretty frequent relapses as we were getting closer to our wedding. And I was really stuck because I was afraid that we wouldn't be able to get married. or And I was kind of nervous that we'd have to cancel the wedding and we'd already sent invitations. And if I, if I told Katie and, you know, went and saw the bishop and stuff like that, I was just worried that that would stop our wedding. And so I wanted to get things under control before I told anyone. I just really kept things pretty well under wraps. Yeah. So I really didn't have any idea that Matt was struggling with these things while we were dating and engaged. And when we talked about it first, when we were dating, I felt like I had asked him pretty detailed questions but I think they were kind of more vague than I realized. He didn't really disclose how difficult it had been for him before his mission. He didn't necessarily acknowledge or think that it was an addiction at that point. So he kind of thought that he had it dealt with, but it actually was starting to come up and I didn't realize it. So my addiction progressed after we got married through the first year of our marriage. It wasn't as easy as I had assumed it would be. And I lied and felt pretty bad about myself, but I wasn't very good at confession. I, w- I really struggled with honesty. Some people are really good at that. They're able to talk to their bishops and their spouses and other support people. See, so it was a really hard time. We were just newly married, and I was keeping a really big secret and just being completely isolated about my addiction. So this was happening for about a year into our marriage, and during that time, I had been asking him questions, again, pretty vague about his addiction and about his pornography use. But they were pretty vague questions, like I said. They were like, do you need any help with anything? Is there anything going on? Do you want to talk about anything? Stuff like that. So it was really easy for him to just kind of say no and move on. And I thought I had covered all my bases. I was really happy that he wasn't having any problems with pornography. So we just kind of moved on, didn't really talk about it after that. So a year into our marriage, the night before our anniversary, for some reason, I felt like I needed to ask him some more questions. I feel like I had a prompting to kind of push him and start asking more details and kind of probing questions. And he quickly started confessing everything to me and told me that he had been lying to me for a year, that he had problems with pornography and other 
behaviors, and I was just completely blindsided. I had no idea that this had been going on, especially for so long, and I felt so betrayed. I felt overwhelmed. I felt really confused, and that was a really difficult night for both of us. We were both just crying and just didn't know how to move forward. I was really happy that he was honest with me, but I was just really concerned about what that meant for the rest of our life together. I just couldn't believe that he had been so dishonest with me. It was really difficult for me to understand how that had happened. But even though we were, even though it was a really difficult time and that was a really hard night and the next couple of weeks were really difficult, I also just felt a lot of peace um, coming from the spirit and I felt like everything was going to be okay. I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be for us in the future and what our journey would hold, but I did feel comforted. I felt peace and I I felt like we had hope um, to heal from this trial that we were both going through. Yeah, like Katie said, I think we both kind of felt that peace. I definitely felt that it was finally a weight off my shoulders, that I was out of isolation for the time being. And I, I felt completely just that my burden had been lightened. And so over the next few months, I met with our bishop. Katie just kind of gave me two things that she wanted me to do immediately, meet with the bishop and get a priesthood blessing. And so I met with the bishop and it was an extremely positive experience. He was very kind, very understanding, and he pushed me to figure this out, but told me that I was very normal and that lots of people like me struggle with this. And that was a great experience. It also, I think, maybe caused me to kind of be a little bit complacent about things going forward. But it was a really great experience. Um, I also got a priesthood blessing, like I mentioned. And then I, I started working through the 12-step manual. I didn't attend any meetings and because I, I still wasn't really sure that I wanted to go down that road, but I, I thought it was reasonable for me to work through the manual. And it was pretty pretty intuitive, so I felt like I could do that. So I went two months after that initial confession without a relapse, just cold turkey, I was able to go two months, but then I had a relapse and Katie wasn't home. And so I texted her when I relapsed just immediately after. And that pushed the two of us to start going to 12-step meetings. Katie had been kind of pushing it on us for a little while. And finally, I kind of gave in at that point and we went to a 12-step meeting. We ended up going to a meeting where couples would attend and the husbands were usually struggling with pornography and this the wives were there as a support person. And it was a really great environment. One week we'd work through the 12-step manual and the next we'd work through the 12 principles for supporting a spouse or loved one going through addiction. And that was a really great meeting. And we we still attended up, up until the COVID pandemic started, we were attending that meeting. Yeah, I was so excited when Matt said that he was willing to go to the 12-step meeting. It was kind of like a last minute thing. I was like, hey, there's a 12-step meeting tonight. Starts in 30 minutes. Do you want to go? And he was like, yes, let's go. I was so surprised, but so happy that he was um, willing to take that step. So we went to the meeting. And like Matt said, it was just an amazing environment. That's something that I'll always remember about this journey that we've been on is our first time at 12 Step. I was just blown away by the humility that everyone showed there. Um, The people struggling with pornography and their spouses were all just so vulnerable and sharing their experiences. And I, again, just felt so much hope and so much peace knowing that we would be able to work through this through Jesus Christ and through his atonement. And I was so grateful to 
have gone there. And I think that it just gave us a big boost to keep going and to keep healing. Yeah, so Katie and I felt a lot of good inspiration from attending the 12-step meetings. And shortly after that first relapse that I had, I had another relapse and then more relapses, and I didn't tell Katie about any of them. And so that kind of started a pattern for me where I was relapsing very frequently, and I wasn't disclosing any of it to Katie. I was being really dishonest about my current state in my addiction recovery. And I, I think I got up to a point where I had been telling everyone that I was up to 150 days without a relapse, and that was just completely not true. And so over the next eight months, that was kind of how my life went. And it was pretty much back to the old Matt and Katie, where I would, I had this addiction, I was completely dishonest, and Katie thought I was doing really well, and not having any relapses, and that I was just really recovering from it all. Yeah, so that those next eight months are kind of the same story as the first like Matt said, he was being dishonest with me. I was asking him about it. I felt like I was covering my bases. I felt like we were on the same page. I thought that everything was happy and great. I thought we had gotten out of the worst of it. And I was really excited to keep moving forward. And so happy to be done with that whole addiction thing that was yep. part of our past. Totally over. Yep. But then again, I felt a prompting one evening to confront Matt about it. And I went up to him and I asked him if he had been honest with me. And he's kind of lying again, kind of saying, no, like, you know, everything. I'm being honest with you. And I just felt like I needed to keep pushing him. So I kept pushing, asking. And again, he started confessing everything to me that he'd been dishonest for the last eight months. And this time was a lot harder for me than the first time even. I felt even more betrayed and I felt really hopeless. I just wasn't sure how we were going to get through it this time around. I was really scared that this was going to become a pattern for our marriage. And I just didn't know if he was going to be able to get his honesty issues under control. I always told him that pornography use was something that we could deal with in our marriage and something that I could support him through. But him being dishonest with me was something that we wouldn't be able to get through. So it was really hard for me knowing that he was just being dishonest with me. And I felt like that he was actively choosing to do that. Now I more understand just the nature of addiction and how it usually is based in dishonesty. Not that that makes it any better, but that has helped me us both learn how to kind of get out of the addiction. And it usually starts by being honest. I was grateful that he was honest with me again. And things started trending upward after that. I think another significant factor that played a really big role at this time was that Katie was two months pregnant with mm. our first mm-hmm. baby, Ellison. Yes. And um, we had made the decision to have a baby intentionally. And Katie was under the impression that I had been, you know, sober from my addiction and clean and completely honest and disclosing to her, you know, the two relapses I'd had that year. And so we decided to have a baby together. And I think when she came home and confronted me about this, I'm sure that, and just with what ensued after that, I think that that added a lot of stress and pressure to the situation. Yeah, that was just so scary. And I also just felt so embarrassed because we were going to the 12-step meetings and Matt had every week been telling them like, I'm like 100 days sober, I'm 120 days sober, just like going up and up. And I was like so proud of him. Everyone's like so happy that he's like doing so well. And so I was just so embarrassed that like 
we were all just under this illusion that he had been sober for so long. So I was so nervous to go back to 12 step and have to explain to everyone that he had been lying this whole time. It felt like that was something that he needed to explain. So I was really nervous to go back. Yeah, but when Katie did confront me about that and did pull the truth out of me, I felt like I was escaping the pain and isolation that had been so present in my life over the the last eight months and I guess more broadly, most of my life. Something really clicked for me that night and in the, the weeks that followed, and I felt like I could finally do the one thing that I had been wanting to do for so long, which is be completely honest with Katie and with God and with uh, my bishop and just with, with everyone around me. And since then, I have been able to be completely honest with Katie about everything. It's like we're in a completely different and extremely vulnerable relationship now where I can share everything with her. There's just something that just has clicked for me that night. I, I don't know what it was. It was just, I really think that in addiction, you kind of have to hit like a low and you have to go through, I guess, some really hard points before you're ready to change. I, I feel like with a lot of people that I sponsor, sometimes people just aren't ready. And and that's not to say that you can't you know, pull yourself out of an addiction at any stage. I really think that you can. Sometimes it's me dragging them and then I realize, you know, they're not they're not ready to come out of this. And I feel like what happened that night that Katie confronted me is that I finally something clicked inside me and I just decided, you know, I'm I'm ready to get out of this. And honesty is a bigger problem for me than pornography, or as big a problem for me as pornography. And I just decided like I can't lie any longer. I have to be completely honest with Katie and and that has been I think the single biggest key to my continued sobriety since then. After that night, I went four months without any relapses. I went four months being completely honest with Katie. And then I had two relapses within a week of each other. And they weren't huge relapses, but they were, I guess, significant in terms of they showed me that I had been kind of complacent, that I had been uh, waxed on a few things. And they finally pushed me to get a sponsor, which is something that Katie had been pushing from probably since the beginning, um, but definitely since I had started being completely honest with her. And so I finally got a sponsor at that point, and that helped me to finally get to a place where, where I am now. Since those two relapses, it's been 22 months of recovery for me and sobriety, and I, I think that had to do a lot in part of my honesty, Katie helping me out, finding a mentor, continuing to go to the meetings. And so things improved significantly from us in terms of me relapsing and me being honest and stuff like that, but things continued, obviously, and I think they'll always be like this, just to be difficult and to be hard as a result of the addiction. Yeah, it has definitely had its ups and downs since I first learned about the addiction. There have just been so many difficult times where we felt distanced from each other, where we had a hard time understanding our differences, we had to talk through the 12 steps and learn how to work with each other. There are a lot of times where I just felt completely hopeless. And again, that I just didn't know how we were ever going to get out of this. It was a really scary place to be at times. And it felt scary when I didn't know who I could talk to. I didn't really feel like I had many resources. I didn't really feel like I could reach out to my family or my friends. I was kind of just nervous and maybe embarrassed and not vulnerable enough to explain our circumstances or like what was going on. So I didn't really feel like I had a lot of support. Matt was my biggest support, but then it was hard when he was in the addiction himself and we had so many feelings between us and it was, it was just a really difficult time for both of us. I would say those 
those years of addiction and recovery have been some of the hardest for me. And I, I'm sure Matt would agree with that. Um, but even though those times were really difficult, we have felt so much growth and we felt so much closer to each other as a result of going through these difficult challenges together. We've grown as a couple in so many ways. We've grown so much closer to each other and more vulnerable with each other. And we've also grown together spiritually. We've fasted, we've prayed, we've learned how to forgive each other and how to forgive ourselves. My testimony has just been strengthened so much in Jesus Christ. And I've, I've really felt him carrying me through a lot of those difficult moments when I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know who to turn to, and I felt Jesus Christ helping me and pushing me forward and giving me the strength to move on and to keep continuing in our marriage. And that has been so meaningful to me and to us as a couple. For me, addiction recovery and everything that's come along with that has been difficult, I think, at least in part because my weaknesses have been more apparent during this period than in any other that I can think of. I just every weakness that I have, you know, my tendency to be dishonest and other weaknesses that I have have just been so obvious in my life during this time. But I felt that working through the 12 steps and being completely honest and completely self-aware as far as possible in my life and using my spouse as a support and relying on the Savior, Jesus Christ, I feel like those things have pulled me out of my addiction and helped me have a completely new life where everything and anything is possible. Where two years ago, I, I was afraid to be at home alone, and now I can be home alone with both my kids and be completely you know, unafraid of, of Satan entering in and tempting me and causing me to um, act out in my addiction. And um, I, I credit that to... Uh, my wife, Katie, and, and Jesus Christ, and, and this addiction recovery program. And that's that's why we wanted to do this podcast, just to, to share the hope and healing that we felt and help others to heal. And we're not finished in our journey. I haven't, I don't think you ever completely recover from addiction in terms of you always need to progress, but it is something that I, I feel like I, I want to share with people and, and grow a community around. I've been sober now for almost two years, and Katie and I are facilitators now in the church's 12-step program. I facilitate the the men's pornography addiction recovery groups, and Katie facilitates the, the groups for spouses and other support people for those struggling with addiction. And um, I also sponsor others going through the program and help them on their way. Like, we, like I said, we wanted to find a way to kind of share this message and grow kind of a community around it and spread the hope that we felt. And lately we kind of have been fasting and praying quite a bit and searching for revelation about how we could implement something that, that could reach kind of a wide audience. We thought, you know, could we do firesides? Could we go speak in sacrament meetings? Like what could we do? And it kind of culminated in us coming to the conclusion that we wanted to start a podcast. And we felt like it would be an opportunity for us to bring hope to people at any stage of their journey of recovery and support. Yeah, some of my greatest joys during these times of Matt's addiction and recovery and supporting him has been connecting with other women during the process. And I, like Matt said, I've been a facilitator in the 12-step group. And even before then, Matt and I 
were able to connect with a lot of different couples in the 12-step meeting, which was so fun for us to get to know so many different people and hear their stories. And I just felt so strengthened and supported by those women as we were becoming more vulnerable and sharing more of our lives with each other. And that has, like I said, it's been one of my greatest joys to connect with those women and to help them and also get help from them. And so, like Matt was saying, that's just really what we're hoping to accomplish during this podcast is to be vulnerable, to make connections with other people and hopefully support those who are going through similar situations that we've been through. Again, like Matt said, we're not done with our journey and I'm sure we can also use some more help from other people around us and we would love to hear about your stories and feel strengthened and supported by you as well. But just because we're doing this podcast doesn't mean we are experts. We've only been dealing with this for a few years. We've only been in the program for a few years. So we really suggest that you continue to talk to and seek advice from your ecclesiastical leaders, from your spouse, from your family, from different professionals. That's what we've had to do. We've both gone to therapy together. We've sought advice and counsel from our bishops and from our family members, and that's really helped us too. So hopefully this can just kind of be another resource for you so you can get the support that you need. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.